Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Mecklen. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Good evening everyone, Mark Meckler here live. I am the host of Battle Cry. I'm glad to be with you. It's hard, some weeks I can make it, some I can't. It's, uh, there's a lot of travel this time of year, so it can be a little bit crazy. But there's a lot of news this week, a lot of stuff to cover. There's a lot of darkness out there, but there's some light too. So we're going to hit as much of it as we can in the next half hour. And we're going to start with something which is, in my opinion, almost as dark as it could possibly get. And that is the Democratic Party and its addiction to child abuse. Now, that sounds like a pretty hostile thing to say, a pretty hyperbolic thing to say, pretty aggressive thing to say. But I'm just going to say it like it is because it is outrageous the way that the Democrat Party, the Democratic establishment, and when I say Democrat Party, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about party officials. I'm not just talking about electeds. I'm talking about the elitists in the media, the elitists in the tech oligarchy, the elitists at the corporate level that don't care about kids. Not only do they not care about kids, they're doing things that are directly detrimental to kids. And there are a lot of them But the story I'm about to tell you about represents one of the most egregious, and that is the story of masking up young children over the last two years. Now, remember, a lot of these kids weren't in school for a very long time. And who does that affect the most? Of course, it affects young kids the most. Most importantly, it affects the least among us. It affects kids in the inner city, kids with single moms, kids from broken homes that need to be in school learning, kids that have the least advantage, and education is what they need. And those kids, when we take them out of the schools and we drop them back in their homes, a place where maybe both parents work, maybe they have one parent that's working, maybe they don't have the best technology at home, they are disadvantaged. And the fact is that the Democrats and their allies and the public teachers unions haven't given a damn about those kids. And I know, and you knew, that this was going to have a negative effect on these kids. I knew because, you know, it's not because I'm so smart, it's because it's common sense that when you mask people's faces all the time, including the kids themselves, when you mask their teachers, when you mask their parents, when you mask their relatives, when everybody they see is wearing a mask, it's gonna have a developmental effect on kids. I've heard people in the Democrat media establishment say, well, there's no studies that show that if you deprive kids of seeing faces, that it has a negative effect on them. Well, you know why there's no study that says that? Because it would be child abuse to design such a study because no respectable medical association would allow that. Anybody who said, I want to conduct a study where I'm going to deprive children of facial uh, facial gestures, facial recognition, facial visuals for the first couple of years of their lives or for their school years, anybody who tried to design that study and create that group would be guilty of child abuse, literally guilty of child abuse. No medical association would allow it. No teachers association would allow it. If they said, I want to do this study on kids. So of course, no studies exist. Do you need a study? Really? Do you really need a study to tell you that? I don't need a study to tell me that. I've been a parent. I was a kid too. You know, all of us were. Lots of you have been parents. A lot of you have been grandparents, aunts, uncles. Does it surprise you? Do you think it's any way, not just common sense, to understand that if you deprive kids of seeing faces, especially when they're really young, it's gonna have a negative effect on them. Of course, it's common sense. 
but they deny it because they're child abusers, because they don't care about the kids. Because while they talk about the kids and keeping kids safe, they actually don't give a damn about the kids. And now we know it for sure. If you look at what the CDC just did, it's straight out evil. And they did it quietly. They kind of try to hide it and just slip it under. What they've done is they've changed developmental standards for young kids for how many words they should know. This is the CDC. They've changed their standards for early childhood development and it's really bad. I want to read some of this to you because you got you to understand what they're doing. They're doing this. They know it's having a negative effect on kids, and they don't care. Here's what they say. They say, since children are no longer able to each, uh, reach these previously attainable milestones, they've been lowered. In other words, we've done some really bad stuff, and we're going to dumb the standards down because we've had a negative effect on kids. This is what they've done. They have changed speech and reading and other basics because these basics, the kids can't reach anymore. And so this is a new study. They added new ages of 15 and 30 months. And one of the authors of the study, Jennifer Zuber, said the changes were made to the guidelines to ensure that it reflects milestones that at least 75% of children can reach. Since children are no longer able to reach these previously attainable milestones, they've been lowered. Application of the criteria established by the AAP working group and adding milestones for the 15 and 30 month health supervision visits resulted in a 26.4% reduction and a 40.9% replacement of previous CDC milestones. So, and it says one third of the retained milestones, like these are the ones they kept, were transferred to different ages. 67% of those were transferred to older ages. In other words, where kids used to hit at two years, it's now older. Kids used to hit at three years, it's now older. Before the milestone, the guidelines said that at 24 months or two years of age, a child should be able to say more than 50 words. So two years, more than 50 words. Now they push that back to 30 months, six months learning delay. This is unbelievable. It's what we said all along. It's what you said. It's what I said. It's what any human being of common sense would say. Now, here's the problem with this, because this is not science right? This is hiding the atrocity that the Democrat media industrial complex has has, uh, perpetrated on our children. Karen Vadis, who's spoken out before regarding masking and how this affects childhood development and learning speech, noted that the ASLHA, or the SHA, which is the American Speech Language Hearing Association, still says speaking less than 50 words by the age of two is a cause for concern. Right, so what we're doing is we're torturing our children. This is what we've been doing. A lot of the uh, teachers' unions still want us to do this, torture the children. Fauci still says we may have to keep doing this. They are torturing our children. They are making them developmentally disabled. They're keeping them back in time. This is going to have a generational effect. They're dumbing down an entire generation. By the way, they've been doing this 50 years in our education system, making our kids stupider and stupider expecting less and less of them, teaching them less and less math and reading and writing and history, right? Instead, filling their tiny, impressionable minds with wokeness. At the time when their minds are the most elastic, when they can learn the most, we've been dumbing down the education. And now we're not just dumbing it down, we're actually torturing kids. So welcome to the Democrat Party. Look, if you're a Democrat, and you don't support this stuff, then you need to do something about it because these are democratic policies, right? They came from Fauci. They came from the democratic establishment and they're happening all over the country. Now there's some pushback against it and that's good, but it's too late for these kids.
Some of these kids will never catch up. And we need to hold the people who did this accountable and responsible. I actually don't think it's enough to throw them out of office. I wish we do a lot more to them. We ought to do a lot more to them. I consider these to be crimes against our children, and we ought to hold them accountable. You know, they're leftists, right? And so this is what they do. They do bad stuff to our children. They do bad stuff to our society. And then they pretend this stuff didn't happen. They lower standards so you can't see the kids aren't meeting standards. They cover for bad stuff that they do to kids. Frankly, they cover for pedophiles. This is a thing on the left. I know I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. Let's just look at what's going on. Jean-Luc Brunel, who was known essentially as Jeffrey Epstein's pimp, he went at one point boasted that he had gotten over a thousand girls for Epstein. Uh, Maxine Ghislaine's compatriot in crime, right? He was in a jail cell in France in what was called, believe it or not, and ironically, the prison of health. And he managed to commit suicide, commit suicide in scare quotes. How is it Epstein committed suicide? By the way, when Epstein committed suicide, the guards weren't watching, no cameras were in his cell. Miraculously, Brunel hanged himself in his cell and the cameras weren't working during the time he hanged himself. This is an amazing coincidence, just a stunning coincidence. Meanwhile, floating around out there is something that we have not seen, the public has not been made privy to. Where's the list? Who went with Epstein to the island? Who flew on the Lolita Express? Why haven't we seen this? Why were these names redacted in, in Ghislaine Maxwell's trial? Why don't we know them? And then why are the two prime witnesses, Jeffrey Epstein and his pimp, Jean-Luc Brunel, now mysteriously hang themselves in their cells? All right. Somebody's covering for the pedophiles. That's my opinion of what's going on. This is outrageous. This is ridiculous. If you believe it, you're a moron. I know you guys don't believe it, so I'm not calling y'all names, but anybody who believes that both these guys just miraculously committed suicide in their cells by hanging themselves when no one else was around and when the video cameras happened to not be working, I mean, you got to be an idiot to believe that. You got to be a full idiot. Speaking of idiots on the left, and I hate to say that, but, you know, idiot, left, yeah, they pretty much go together almost all the time. Canada's Trudeau, I know that, you know, there there is this rumor going around that he's Fidel Castro's love child. I mean, that's just, I know it seems outrageous, but he's acting exactly like Fidel Castro. He looks an awful lot like Fidel Castro. I'm not saying he's Fidel Castro's love child. I'm not saying that, but it's, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not true anyway. He is now gone full-blown, jack-booted, thug, totalitarian mode. And this is serious stuff. We can laugh about it. I can make fun of him as, as uh, Castro's love child. But the reality is really bad stuff. The total suspension of civil liberties in Canada. Our nice northern neighbor to the north, right? This is the neighbor we never worry about, Can the Canadians, right? They're so such gentle people. They'll never do anything like this. They've gone full totalitarian. He's got some emergency law that he's pulled the ripcord on. They're now seizing people's bank accounts, looking at people's private information, canceling people's insurance, and now literally full jackbooted thug. And when, when I say jackbooted thug, what do I mean? But I got to tell you, this is just absolutely unbelievable. What you have is you have actual leaked messages from the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Go look this up. You got to see the pictures from Rebel News, a great news source in Canada. Leaked RCMP messages 
time for the protesters to hear our jackboots on the ground. No kidding, really, that's what it says. Time for the protesters to hear our jackboots on the ground. You should see the glee with which these Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I, I know, I'm picturing Mounties, but you see the pictures. These guys are in all black, full riot gear, full helmets, billy clubs in hand. I mean, this is a totalitarian, jackbooted, thug police force. And they said it's time for them to hear our jackboots on the ground. This is what they said about peaceful protesters, right? Remember, this is not the Black Lives Matter protests who are destroying stuff and burning cities and killing people and hurting people and killing police officers. There's been no violence in the trucker protests. And now these guys say about themselves, time for the protesters to hear our jackboots on the ground. You have Justin Trudeau himself saying to a Jewish member of parliament, a Jewish MP, saying that she's standing, that the MPs, the conservative MPs, are standing with people with swastikas and white supremacists. Yeah, I haven't seen those photos. Have you seen those? I haven't seen those photos. Yeah, I mean, this is just insane. This was a peaceful protest. It was a diver diverse protest. People of color, uh, people from East India, uh, East Asians. I mean, this was just everybody who drove a truck came to Ottawa and said, enough is enough. And they've gone in and the police have been violent and Trudeau has shut it down. The police even said that they were shutting down what they considered to be unlawful protest, unlawful demonstration, unlawful demonstration. In other words, just to be clear, no freedom of speech in Canada, zero. They've given banks the authority to seize your bank account, to lock your bank account. This is coming to the United States. Mark my words, it's in Canada, it's just across the border. And the reason that I say it's coming to the United States is there is zero difference between American leftists and Canadian leftists, zero difference. It's really important for you to understand this. We say, well, maybe that could never happen here, but what is the difference between political philosophy of the American leftists and the Canadian leftists? And the answer is nothing. So there is no limiting line. There is no limiting principle that would prevent leftists in America from doing this. And in fact, how do we know this? Because American journalists have been participating in the doxing of people. Doxing is revealing the private information of people who donated to the Canadian Freedom Convoy, the Truckers Convoy. Doxing them, calling them up, trying to humiliate them publicly, expose them publicly. American journalists, American journalistic enterprises. And these are not really journalists. These are activists masquerading as journalists. And they hate freedom. They hate freedom so long as it allows you to say what you believe if what you believe is different than what they believe. And so that has come to Canada. It is full-blown. American journalists, American institutions are participating in this and you should be worried about it. And you should be prepared to step up and do something about it. If you gave to the truckers convoy, God bless you. Thank you for doing that. There's an American truckers convoy starting now. I hope it's as big as the Canadian one. I hope it's bigger. I hope it does more. I hope it has more impact. These are happening all over the world. Like, I don't know exactly how you give to it. If you can give to it, I would give to it. I'd be happy to give to it. I absolutely support this. We gotta remove the mandates. We gotta cleanse this whole idea of COVID madness from our society. We gotta get rid of any lockdowns. We gotta get rid of any masking. We gotta get rid of any vaccine mandates. I'm damn tired of having to wear the mask on the airplanes. Y'all see me in the airports as I travel all around the country. 
I don't wear the mask in the airports, but on the airplanes, you got right now what are the completely fascist flight attendants, fascist airlines imposing this stuff on us. It's time to rebel. We we have to push back or we're going to lose. I mean, that's the bottom line is we have to be in the fight. We have to be on the march. We have to be on the attack or we're going to lose. We're going to lose to these totalitarian dictators like what you see in Trudeau's Canada. That's coming to the US. Joe Biden loves that stuff, right? A lot of these folks on the left, they love that stuff. Chuck Schumer would love to shut us down. Ocasio-Cortez would love to shut us down. Ilhan Omar would love to shut us down. They don't want us to be able to speak our minds. So we need to be prepared to deal with totalitarian regimes because what's the end game of the totalitarian regime? What's it look like in the end? Mm, let me think about this. Oh yeah, China. That's what it looks like. It looks like China. And China is now an evil, genocidal, totalitarian regime. And yeah, I said it, genocidal, because they are committing genocide against an entire population. They're totalitarian, they keep their people down, their social credit scores, there's cameras on every corner, they're doing, using facial recognition to watch everybody walking down the street, make sure you stay in line. You never say the wrong thing. You never visit the, the wrong websites if you live in China. And there are people in the US that actually like this. They think it's actually a pretty cool thing. I mean, certainly Justin Trudeau, he said as much in the past, his family has deep ties to China, they admire the Chinese. We've heard the economist Paul Krugman say how much he admires the Chinese ability to have total command and control over their economy. This is totalitarianism writ large. And our country, you and I, the people of the United States of America must unite against the CCP. They're engaged in our culture. They're engaged in our movie studios. They censor, they censor what you and I can see. They cause films to be rewritten. They cause, for example, flag patch of Taiwan to be removed from Tom Cruise's jacket in, in the new Maverick movie. Because Taiwan's not a country, right? According to China. They cause that. These are lying, cheating, thieving, genocidal maniacs that run China. Remember, in the deal where the British gave Hong Kong back to China, Hong Kong was supposed to be a free state, right? It was supposed to be able to govern itself. Well, now it is completely controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. And it is a total authoritarian regime, and it has been silenced on the world stage. There is no more freedom in Hong Kong. And they're going for Taiwan next, and they're coming for you. And you and I have to be wary of this. And why do we have to be wary of this? Because our electeds and our corporate elites and our university professors and our universities and our movie business and our culture largely have been infected by the Chinese communists. Infected at all levels, right? They're here, they're inside our industry and they're using money to grease the skids because there are a lot of Americans out there that will sell out their country for riches, that have sold out their countries. Hunter Biden among them, Joe Biden among them. Many, look at the look at all the people in our ruling elite that have taken money from China. And so what do you think they're gonna do? Look at LeBron James, right? LeBron James telling NBA coaches they need to be quiet because they don't understand the situation in China. They don't understand that LeBron is making millions of dollars selling tennis shoes. Yeah, what we should look to are people like Ennis Cantor, who just got let go by the Houston Rockets for speaking his mind against totalitarian regimes, including the CCP. He got let go for opening his 
mouth, right? Because he challenged the status quo. The status quo being the flow of cash to the NBA, $1.1 billion contract for the NBA. Ennis Cantor had the balls to challenge that, to step up and to fight that, and he paid the price in his job. And so I salute and I support Ennis Cantor and anybody else who's willing to stand up against the Chinese communists. You know, we've got a problem here in this country. So much of our stuff is made in China. I see this on our own website. We try to bring you goods, and we do have a lot of goods on our website that are made in the U.S. or in non-totalitarian countries, right? But some stuff you just can't get except for you get it from, from China. Very frustrating. We need to manufacture here at home. We need to bring our drug manufacturing back here at home. We need to bring some of our textile industry back here at home. And if it's not here at home, it needs to be in countries that are not totalitarian regimes. This is really important because if we don't fight back against China, they're going to rule the world. So this is up to you and it's up to me. And there is stuff we can do. Expose it. Know it. Uh, Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, they have a great series about this right now called The Enemy Within. You should definitely watch that series. You should know what's going on worldwide. And the Chinese are behind a lot of the evil stuff going on around the world right now. Part of what they do, by the way, is they fund wokeism in America. They love this stuff. They love that we're dividing by race, that we're attacking each other. They love all the transgender stuff. They fund this stuff. They put money and effort into it, and they laugh when we destroy our society, when we feminize our military, when we talk about diversity in our military. They're building a strong military. We're building a military made up of people who aren't warriors. They're building a military that's more militaristic, more warrior-oriented warrior than ever before. More Manly, I'm going to say it, because men are better at fighting in a war. Yeah, see, that's just genetics, I know. And there is a difference between men and women, and women can't be men, and men can't be women. Contrary to what the left wants us to think, and by the way, China thinks it's hilarious that we think. Again, I'm going to say it, I'm going to close with this, China is an evil, genocidal, totalitarian regime that wants us under their heel we better be damn careful, and you and I better be ready to fight against it at every turn and demand that our government fights against it at every turn, or we're going to lose to the Chinese. You know, they, they love to promote wokeism here, but I think wokeism might have hit its zenith. Is it dead? I don't think so. I think it's going to be an infection in the American body politic, in, the, in American society, in American capitalism for a long time, but it is definitely injured at this point. When you look at what just happened in the San Francisco school board election, three school board members recalled, why? For being too woke. I mean, that's really the simplest thing you can say. Too woke in San Francisco, of all places. Why? Because they weren't worried about opening schools. They weren't worried about kids. They weren't worried about what's happening in their community. They decided during the height of the pandemic to worry about renaming schools, to taking Abraham Lincoln's off, name off of school, for taking Diane Feinstein a liberal icon taking her name off of school. That's what they were focused on. San Francisco voters rebelled and they threw them out by huge margins, 70% plus for all three got removed. Now they're gonna re be replaced by Mayor London Breed, who's a radical leftist herself. They will be no doubt replaced by leftists. I'm okay by that. It's a leftist city, but I guarantee you they're gonna be replaced by leftists that are focused on basic services. Are we teaching our kids reading, writing, math? Are we actually doing the job? 
sciences, actual history, the job that the school is meant to do, not worrying about being so woke that they can go to a cocktail party and everybody will toast them for who's the wokest. So that's, I think San Francisco is kind of a bellwether because it's the left rebelling against the left. I also think you can look at Virginia as a bellwether. Virginia, we now have, as you know, a Republican governor, Republican lieutenant governor, by the way, the first African-American uh, lieutenant governor in Virginia history, and she's a Republican. We have a Hispanic attorney general there, Jason Miares, all doing a great job, by the way, all elected because Virginians are sick and tired of wokeism. Now, that's not to say Virginia will always be Republican. It's a swing state. It might be a blue state. It might be a red state. But wokeism is being rejected in large scale. So I think there are good signs. Also, if you look at the polling coming up in the next election, it looks like all of this stuff is being rejected on a large scale by the American people. So is wokeism dead? No, it's not, but it is hurt. It is a wounded animal, so it will get more and more wild. It's continuing to get more and more wild. But it, what it means now is you and I now have an obligation to attack it ferociously everywhere we see it. It's been exposed. It's out in the open. It's trying to slink away and hide from the light of day. You have an obligation. I have an obligation. When you hear family members say crazy, woke stuff, go after it. When you hear it in a restaurant from one of your friends, go after it. When you hear it in church, go after it. Expose it. Tear it apart. Blow it up in the light of day. Because now is the time to tear it root and branch from every part of our society and relegate it to the ash heap of history where it belongs. If we don't do it now, we're gonna lose the opportunity and we're ultimately gonna lose our country. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. All right, let's move on to sort of current stuff and positive stuff. COS, Convention of States, that's what that stands for, Convention of States, right? This is the Convention of States project. Convention of States is on the march right now across the country. Things are going incredibly well. I was in South Carolina last week for a Senate subcommittee hearing, and it went really well. We got out of subcommittee. We're moving to the full committee. I think that hearing will be, I think it's next Tuesday. I, thought, I think I saw it on the calendar. There won't be testimony at that. By the way, if you didn't have a chance to see the testimony in South Carolina, you got to watch it. Our opponents are crazy. Like, I'm talking crazy people. Like, wild, crazy conspiracy theories. I've been told, you've been told, we've been told, we've written three new constitutions and we're just waiting to impose them. And one of them wipes out all of the United States and imposes a North American Union. This is what I've been told. I've not seen this constitution that apparently I am promoting. You're promoting if you're a Convention of State supporter. I mean, it was just... People were lunatics and they're like yelling at the legislators. We just had three people testify. Our sponsor, Bill Taylor in the house. Uh, I think the best, very best testimony was Natalie Travers. Uh, she's a 14 year old girl, extraordinary testimony, impassioned testimony on behalf of convention estates, homeschool kid. I think homeschoolers are going to save the nation. By the way, her whole family was there. Mom, dad, little brother, Jack, Natalie was there. She's just a superstar, and I had to follow her. That's not easy, by the way, following a 14-year-old superstar legislative testimony. She was way better than me. But I wrapped it up as best I could. We had a couple more people testify towards the end, but mostly it was just a parade of crazy people in our opposition. The left, like the radical left, 
aligned with the crazy right is how I would put it. Literally, we had the League of Women Voters who are radical leftists who were saying completely unconstitutional things aligned with the lunatic uh, from the John Birch Society. Like just, I mean, you go figure. These people call themselves conservatives and yet they spout the same talking points as Planned Parenthood and the League of Women Voters. But we won, we prevailed, it wasn't a problem. The vote wasn't even close. We got out of committee, all good. We're gonna prevail in the general committee and then we're gonna go to the floor and we're gonna win. And I think South Carolina is gonna be the 18th state to pass. As most of you know, Wisconsin passed, Nebraska passed, making 16 and 17, taking us halfway mark. 18, I believe, is going to be South Carolina, but West Virginia is close behind. Counting on you, West Virginia. Come on, more Capito, get it out of committee. By the way, West Virginia stalled us out last year in committee, and then we sort of got shivved on the floor. So we're hoping they're going to do the right thing this year. More Capito, Representative More Capito is going to pass it out of committee. We've got one week to do it. We're looking at you, Representative Capito. Get it out of committee. Get to the floor. Let's get this thing passed. We know the Senate will pass it. They could be number 18 or 19. So things are going really well out there. I'll be traveling this week. I don't know exactly where. It could be West Virginia. It could be South Carolina but I will be out there. All right, so uh, let's see, let's go to some Q&A. Producer G, what do we have in the way of Q&A? Let's see, where's where's my camera here? Uh, I'm not seeing it, Producer G, if you're there. Can you put any of these in the, uh, in the Slack channel because I am not seeing the camera questions, unfortunately. Let's see, here we go. Back to the Slack channel. Sorry, guys, a little bit of technological difficulties. Peter Kane says, do we need to limit the years of Supreme Court justices? I'm a huge fan of that. I love that idea. When the founders started appointing Supreme Court justices, they started appointing them. Their average age was 47 years. Average life expectancy was 54 years. That would be a seven-year maximum term. And I think it's a problem that these guys serve for life. It was never intended to be for life. It's supposed to be on good behavior. And they obviously didn't intend to serve for 30 years. The problem with people serving 30 years, a couple of problems. One is nobody's ever going to appoint a justice that's more than maybe 40, 45 years old. And I think there are people with good life experience out there. They might be 60 years old and we could get a great 10 year run, 15 year run, 12 year run out of them if we were term limited. But no president is going to appoint a 60 year old judge or a 60 year old lawyer to the Supreme Court because you want to get your 30 years out of them. So I think it would be great to limit the terms of Supreme Court jurists. Uh, Don Hughes asked, how's conventional states going to compel the government to follow new amendments when they don't follow the ones we already have? I love that question, Don, because it's not true that they don't follow it. The question is, which constitution are we talking about? If you're talking about, let's see, this one right here, which is essentially a pocket constitution, very thin, you can see, you're right, they don't follow this one. But if you're talking about, oh, let's see, let me grab this. This, this is the constitution that you can order from the government publishing office. It's over 3,000 pages. It's roughly 10 pounds. It contains every case ever issued by the Supreme Court of the United States of America to tell us what this means. Like, how ridiculous is that? Look at this, right? This is the constitution. This is the Supreme Court telling us what it means. So unfortunately, Don, they follow this one mostly. Once in a while, there I would say there are exceptions, but mostly they're following this one. This one contains, for example, the gay marriage decision, Roe versus Wade. It contains uh, things like expansion of commerce clause authority. I'm just 
ridiculous amounts of authority granted to the federal government by all of these cases. And the way that the federal government is structured, our only way to fix this, I guess we could wait for the Supreme Court to do it. Anybody have faith they're going to do that? I'm sure it's, you know, Justice Roberts. We can always, well, never mind. We can't rely on him. All right. So what that means is they gave us Article 5 to say we don't like what the Supreme Court's done. We don't like the expansion of the authority. And uh, so what we have to do is get amendments. And by the way, when we get amendments, usually what happens if you look at the history, the federal government follows them for at least 100 years. They're pretty aggressive now. Maybe it's only 50 years. But yeah, they will we'll follow them. It takes three quarters of states to do it. Um, let's see. Paul Baker asked, uh, what's happening with our national debt? That's now over 30 trillion. It's out of control. It's going to bury the country now a year, five years. Ten, we don't know exactly when, but what can't continue won't continue. That's why we need some form of a balanced budget amendment, some kind of limits on taxation and spending. Ruth Krafasi says, has Kansas joined COS yet? And the answer Ruth is no, but we're close. We're moving right now. We came out of a Kansas committee next uh, last week. So if you're not engaged, go to conventionofstates.com, get in the fight, click on the tab to uh, cl click on the petition, sign the petition, then click on the tab to take action and get involved with the Kansas team. Bob Burnett says, how many more states do we need for convention of states? 17. We're halfway there. We just passed the halfway mark. Sharon Carell says, will the Second Amendment affect convoys in the U.S. compared to Canada? I mean, I guess you mean, are they armed? And I can't speak for the truckers. I don't know if they're armed, but I don't think it really affects the convoys in the sense that you still got to follow the law. And uh, I don't think we're going to see like open warfare between police and convoys. I'm not sure exactly what you're suggesting, but uh, I just think, uh, you know, it's a good thing that we are an armed population because I don't think they're going to put down the entire population. But the question is, as an entire population, do we stand up and fight? Terry Glad says, I want that T-shirt. You can get that, this T-shirt, and many more cool T-shirts at conventionofstates.com forward slash store. That's where all our T-shirts are. These are American-made T-shirts. I love them. Love the fit. One sleeve, you got the logo. One sleeve, you got the flag of the United States of America. This is the Let's Go Brandon. My new favorite is Faith Over Fear. Love that shirt, too, because you should always put your faith over your fear. Again, conventionofstates.com forward slash uh, store. Uh, let's see. I'm being asked, why do you think JBS really opposes COS? Man, this is Bruce Wales. I I'm going to tell you the best thing I can guess is maybe they think they make money off of it. That's how they get donations. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen them accomplish anything. Like I think in originally it was an organization that was founded for the right purpose to oppose communism. And I guess they still do, but mostly they spend their time opposing COS. So I think on balance, they're a force for evil in the United States of America. They're a terrible organization uh, led by people who are actually making common cause with George Soros, with Common Cause, with Planned Parenthood, with Al Raza, with MoveOn.org. They're making common cause with all of those people. And in my opinion, if you do that in the United States of America today, you are for the totalitarians and the Marxists. You know, Bruce, I don't know what's wrong with them. Catherine Del Conte wants to know, is the Ukraine issue a distraction from the Durham report? Like the Durham report that came out, if you don't believe, if you don't believe that the federal government at the behest of the Hillary Clinton campaign was spying on President Trump, literally when he was president and also when he was a candidate, at this point, if you don't believe it, then you're just hallucinating. Is Ukraine a distraction from that? I don't know. Ukraine is the weirdest situation to me. I and mean, first of all, I think what Putin is doing benefits Putin. And I think he's, I hate to say this, I think 
he is outmaneuvering Biden in an extraordinary way. Biden is weak and feckless, and Putin is strong and seems to have a strategy. I disagree with what he's doing. Obviously, Ukraine is a sovereign nation. By the way, my family history, both sides of my family from Ukraine, from Odessa, Ukraine. So I kind of have a at least a historical interest in this. Uh, but I think Putin is outplaying Biden. I don't know if it has anything to do with the Durham report. I just think it's that, as always, Joe Biden is feckless. That's where I think we're at. All right, I see uh, we are actually over time tonight. I went a little bit long, guys. I apologize for that. Wanted to get to all the questions. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys being in the fight. Be in the fight. Tyranny is on the march. It's up to you to step up and to fight, to stand in front of it. Go to conventionofstates.com. Click on the petition. Sign the petition. Click on the Take Action tab. Volunteer because your country needs you. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. And thanks for being with us on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.